Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Here we are again today. I'm with Pastor Max Buchanan. Hi, Max. Hi. How's it going? Good. It's been a fun week. Uh, Absolutely. Going over the Word of God, and so glad to have you with us. If you haven't met Pastor Max yet, he is associate pastor at Cloverdale Church of God, and also has been the host of Bible on the Front Line on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And uh, he's going to be with me on this show quite a bit over the next few months. I want you to get to know him because, as I said earlier in the week, I'm going to be on a sabbatical for a couple months, and I want Max to be able to run with the show on his own, which he'll do fine because he does great on his own show. (laughs) And this is even half the time of his own show, except more days. But uh, you'll enjoy that, of course. And anyway, we've been talking about uh, First Thessalonians. Max is doing a a uh, um, series, uh, Church Preaching for Five Weeks. And what's the title of what you're doing? Uh, church Pleasing to God. Church, uh, church Pleasing to God. And he's been talking out of the book of Acts, and now he's in the book of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians. And so we're going to talk about that today. So let's have a word of prayer and then get with it. Lord, thanks for the day. Thanks for Max, God. Thanks for developing him and his ministry and God leading him and bringing him to Cloverdale, Lord, and and Lord, how you use him through speaking. Open our hearts and minds to what you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me just read you First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It says, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. That's interesting in his own, to to wait for his son, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah. uh, I think that's interesting. I'll let you talk about this for a minute, but I wanted to bring up one thing I meant mm-hmm. to earlier in the week. We've been seeing the power of God work. I have told people about the guy that was hurt in a football game from the Buffalo Bills and how prayer has just spread everywhere in the NFL on news stations. Mm -hmm. And it's been a movement of uh, amazing movement of God. And I pray that it continues. But another interesting thing that has happened has been all over the news is this is in they're having for the very first time in 2000 years, they have dug up the complete pool of Shalom Hmm. in Jerusalem. And I've been there when I was, they had the little, the little piece, but under, they've dug the whole thing up. They said, this is the the main piece of history, biblical archeology span that they have found in years and years. And so hmm. for the first time in 2000 years, they're open that to the public. They're going to see the entire pool of Shalom and, and, and see where the word of God uh, how true it is, yeah. and and it has really opened up a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, people that have not believed, and people realizing, hey, the word of God is true. I can yeah. tell you this: when I went to Israel, it just opened my eyes because mm-hmm. I saw the power of God, and I saw all these different places, and and all the archaeology. I mm-hmm. mean, everything everything is backed up from the word of God. It's it's true and real. So that's that's yeah. been an exciting. Oh, thing yeah. this last week and, and that's yeah and i think that that's like abundantly true is like um that's what's so cool about the bible and what uh just continues to reign true anytime they make these discoveries all it is is just showing how um you know reliable the scripture is and uh that's what's really interesting about it you know as i was in school and stuff and studying this we talk about the reliability of god's word and uh we always use this test and it was manuscripts archaeology prophecy and scripture so manuscripts are does the bible say it's the same thing through and through 
you get new manuscripts. Are they all the same? Textual criticism is amazing, and it yeah. shows us that, yes, they are 100% reliable. Archaeology is things where they are supposed to be. Yeah. And Christianity is the only religion that has that. You know, Judaism, Christianity. And then prophecy. Did anything that Jesus, did everything that Jesus say was going to happen either, uh, is it either possible in the future or did it already come to pass and, and affirms, you know, does the Bible affirm itself and then scriptures as well? Are they inerrant? But what's interesting is we said out of all of these things, right? Yeah, you're going to find more manuscripts. They're all going to say the same things. That's what it has. You know, Dead Sea Scrolls were one of the biggest discoveries. You get Isaiah talks about, you know, 700 right. years before the time of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the death and resurrection of Jesus right. and what it was going to do for our sins. But archaeology, they say that that's, that's an amazing one because they said we've discovered so little, but every time we discover, it's spot on exactly what the scripture says. And you went over there and like you went through, the, oh, like, yeah. uh, didn't you say you went through Solomon's, uh, the water tunnel thing? The Ezekiah's tunnel? Ezekiah's tunnel, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, my land. Yeah, and where there's script and there's still script from that that Amazing. talks about the pool of Shalom. Uh-huh. And and now yeah. they have the, you know, yeah. they've they've got underneath the rest of it and, and found it and now uh, made it available. It's not built up. It's the real thing. And, yeah. and when you go to Jericho and you go out the city outside the city of Jericho, you see the walls of Jericho that have been excavated. Yeah. I mean, you just, it, it's just one thing after another. When you yeah, go to Israel, you just, life. and they always tell you which is the authentic when you get there, they, mm-hmm. they call traditional places, and they call this is authentic through yeah. history. Mm-hmm. Like Jacob's well is authentic. That mm-hmm. that was Jacob's, Jacob's well. well, you know, and the weird thing is they sell water out of it like it's, you know, <laughs> but yet it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's so many things. I mean, it, it changed my life because the Bible came to life. If you yeah. ever get a chance to go to Israel, it is, it's a moving yeah. experience. And uh, yeah. if you it don't believe cool. in the Word of God, then you don't believe in history, you don't believe in yeah. archaeology and uh so anyway, yeah. hey, well, I took up enough so, time with that. So, no, that's uh, awesome. That's but, awesome. Uh, so let's talk about the yeah. rest of First Thessalonians. The last. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. The last of chapter nine says, "For they themselves reporting concerning uh, to this kind, like we were talking about." The last sentence is really what verse nine. You mean? Uh, verse, yeah, that was yeah. verse nine. Sorry, verse ten. Um, I just like we were saying. Um, you know, the that one talks about turning from idols to serve the living and true God. And then verse 10, and to wait for his son right. from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And what's interesting is we talked about, they were characterized by three things. And one of those three things, the last one was their steadfast hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's saying that they're hoping and they're, you know, looking at Jesus and they're saying whatever we're going through now, Right is temporal and ultimately God saves us from something way worse, which is the wrath of God. So when he's commending them, he's saying, wow, you're a church that's been persecuted since your birth and you're month old Christians that were just left to your own devices. Look at how you've had, you know, first this amazing faith that led to action that you were an encouragement to everyone throughout, you know, your region. Not only that, but you had this love that was, you know, that was the standard of God. You love, you turned away from idols to serve the true God. You turned away from, you know, these customs to serve the true God. You got this. And then when it goes through, it says you're waiting, waiting for Jesus Christ. Why? Because of that hope. And I think too, is like, 
we start out this year and I think oftentimes we make goals for our life and a lot of them are, you know, spiritual growth goals. And then we get, you know, sidetracked or we come into the new year and we get bummed out and things don't go the way that we plan and all this different stuff, or there's just life circumstances that get in the way of that. And what Paul is saying here to the Thessalonians is they're in the middle of life circumstances. They're baby Christians having to figure this thing out through the power of the Holy Spirit actively being persecuted by two parties. The Roman government doesn't want Christianity gaining any traction. And then also, you know, the Jewish people don't. And so it seems like all odds are stacked against them, but they have this hope, this heavenly hope, this hope that transcends really, um, you know, their current situation. And I think oftentimes we get bogged down by life and that's just like, we just snuff out our spiritual growth rather than uh, going through these times and relying. I think sometimes we look back and we go, okay, see how God worked that entire time. But in the moment, in the midst of different things like disappointment or even the start of a year or whatever the case may be, we can kind of snuff out our spiritual growth, um, you know, or just want some sort of miraculous thing to happen when in reality, God's given us the tools to grow in him. He has, and it, it's they're there for us. And the question is, I think a lot of times we mean well, but we get lazy. Mm-hmm. We get lazy. We all, oh, Pastor, I don't have time to read the Word. I don't have time to pray. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm too busy to be at church on Sunday, and we have all these excuses where God, he's, and he's the one that's created time. He's given us mm-hmm. plenty of time for things, but it's it's our priorities. It's where we're going. And, and you know, you're dealing with a young church here that, that we're excited you know, mm-hmm. but they're trying to get things together. And, you know, they'd given up their idols. Mm-hmm. They'd given up those things that had ran their lives. And by idols, folks, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's even our families, as I spoke about last Sunday, is mm-hmm. our families become before God, and we call that idolatry in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Anything before God is idolatry. And there's thing recreation. People, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes before God. Why well, don't have time? Well, folks, I don't think we don't have time not to serve God powerfully mm-hmm. and wonderfully. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we need to have a true heavenly hope. Like we need to realize that Jesus is coming back and this is all temporal. But what we do for, for Christ will last, you know? Um, and, and what, you know, we concern our hearts about truly does matter. We concerned with the things of God. And, uh, and that, that's what's a huge encouragement about these young Christians is that they were, they were passionate. They had this hope that Jesus was going to come. Their situation was going to, you know, eventually end and they're going to be with Christ forever. So whatever they're going through now is temporal, but they have right. a steadfast hope. Right. Do we have a steadfast hope in Christ? There's an old song that goes, my hope is fixed on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's it. That's what our hope is. We look forward to the future. I, I was mm-hmm. telling a guy at lunch today that I had a dream about four months ago and it was I was going out to my mailbox and I in my dream, I looked up in the sky and the sky's the clouds unfolded right before my eyes, mm. and there was Jesus, and every eye saw him. And I looked around, and people were floating up through that hole. <laughs> I mean, all over they were floating up, and there was other people that weren't. And I told my wife, "We got to go. It's time. It's, yeah. You know, we're, Jesus here." But uh, I just was so taken back by that, you know. And I don't know how that goes along with some people's doctrine and this and that, but. 
at end times, you know, people have a lot of thoughts, but mm-hmm. it, that showed me something different that I'd always thought. But it was just like, you know, I'm on my way to heaven, but Phil, mm-hmm. if you're left behind, that's not a good thing. Yeah, you know, and no matter how it how it shakes out, yeah, you don't want you want to be. I call it the first wave. No matter how it shakes, you yeah. want to be in the first wave. 100%. You know, and no matter how you believe, but you need to be ready now. Mm-hmm. You know, need to be ready now. Well, Max, it's been a fun week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks we'll, for having me on, and we'll pick up soon and. Uh, Folks, in fact, I'll probably have him join me again for next week. Thanks. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.